right? And he left a one-year-old laying next to a steaming shower for an hour. And that child ended up dying. Like, that was, like, the big story. And I was like, first of all, we're not even through parents leaving kids in hot cars. Like, we're not over. Apparently, dude, none of you got the memo on that yet. And now this idiot thinks it's a good idea to leave your kid next to a steaming shower for an hour long. I just, dude... I know I've jokingly said it before, but if the fact that you don't have to take some kind of aptitude test to reproduce in this country is beyond like shameful at this point. It's just shameful. Well, I mean, at least they know that you're having the kid. You know what I'm saying? They could at least give you a rundown of like, hey, here's some do's and don'ts, like maybe a frequently asked questions section there. That'd be nice. Like there are people who like there are ministers and priests who, if they're going to marry you, will not marry you until you complete like a marriage counseling course. So let me get this straight. I, I have to complete a test before you'll marry us. No test whatsoever for us to reproduce. It's a, it's a, it's a bad system. Buddy. That's a that's bad, a, bad system. And it's got me in a bad mood. I have to admit, it's got me in a bad mood. And I was telling Phantom, like, dude, it used to be like this job. You just open up the microphones and make fun of people, right? Kind of joke, poke the chip, you know, poke the bear. Not mean, but just kind of like, you know, poke the bear a little bit. Now, you're body shaming everybody, or you're this, and it's like, so everything's like, this cop did this wrong, this kid's dead, and it's like, God, man, where's all like the lighthearted, fun stuff going on in the world, and it's like, nowhere. Although, we did have another uh, another massive er- uh, earthquake, apparently, dude. The end of the world, maybe maybe I'm getting what I'm asking for. I was gonna say, I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a lighthearted, like, No, like, but maybe I'm, dude, maybe I'm getting the end of the world, which I've been asking for for about, well, 41 straight years now. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm pretty alright. I don't know what you want me to hit you with after that. I will uh, start the show off with a shout-out to the Canton Charge. Yes, Yesterday, I was at the Stark County Hunger Task Force, and I go there every Wednesday, but this was, uh, you know, I'm there doing the thing, doing the backpack program, and a bunch of people from the charge just rolled in because they were volunteering their time as well, and I was just like, oh, good to see you guys here. Didn't necessarily plan that out, but, uh, you know, good partner of the Stansberry Show, and they are, dude, they're very excited about getting some stuff going with us this year. Oh, so, good. I like that. Yeah, they uh, they were like, dude, we'll sit down soon. We'll start planning some stuff out. We'll start making some stuff happen. So, no, they're, they're definitely on board this year, so that's good news. Twitter telling me, just talk about the Indians till 10. Okay, well, one of your best players isn't going to be ready for <laughs> for, uh, for the postseason. Like, apparently he's going to miss, like, a month of the postseason. Uh, Who are you talking about? I'll have to find this email. that You, you sent it to me this morning, but oh. one of the guys out. Michael, is it Brantley? Michael Brantley. Yeah, yeah Michael Brantley's out. For for, for 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 a little while longer there there so yeah so not a whole lot of good news going on with that either. Well, I mean they've done pretty well without Michael Brantley up until this point. Yeah. Did they win last night? They did win last. Did night. they? So they broke that record for what away games won, right? I, I think it was thirteen consecutive away games, yeah. something like that. I mean, 20, so that's good. Twenty six out of their last twenty seven have been victories. So, so that's positive. Yeah, I would say that's all good stuff, right? That's there. positive. That, feel, that feels good to me. Well, now you're aware. You're briefed. Well, there you go. <laughs> so now it's back to dead and molested kids. I'm telling you, that's every. Everything that was in the news. Is this all that's going on with you? You got something else you want to let off? No, dude, I'm doing great. Honestly, dude, played golf yesterday, played fantastic. Doing well on the diet, slept great last night. I'm doing great. It's, dude, everything is so negative that it's dragging me down. And again, like I said, dude, it's hard to be lighthearted and fun now because every time you joke about anything, somebody gets their panties in a bunch because you're offending a group of people or you're shaming somebody for what they're doing. Yes, that's what making fun of people is. I am shaming you. I absolutely 
absolutely am doing that. You should be allowed to do that. That's okay to shame people. I just, dude, everything is so negative. And I don't want to be negative all day. I think that's part of the problem, is that I just don't want to be negative all day. I mean, uh, see, but the thing is, I, I worry that if it's like, well, hey, dude, let's focus on some of these positive stories, that's quickly going to turn into like, well, that's stupid. Nobody cares about that. Nobody, that's, well, nobody does care about but, it. So, so, I mean, like, I know that's what I'm saying. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm at an impasse right now. And honestly, at the sake of, like, honestly making my boss really mad, I'm starting to evaluate. Do I want to do this anymore? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I've just gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? Maybe I just don't want to do this anymore. Because I wake up every morning, I read all these rundown stuff, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to bum people out about <laughs> their teachers are, are diddling their kids again and everything else. And, dude, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just getting to the point in my life where it's like, you know what? I just don't want to do it. I was going to say, at least a part of what I think the response to that would be from higher up and from people who you know would try to talk you off of that, or I, whether they would try to talk you off or not, um, is that like – you know, it's on you two to figure out like, well, what is going to work here? And it's not necessarily the story. Oh, that all matters. this stuff would work. It's the opinion. You know what I'm saying? All it's, this stuff would totally take. work. It's just, I'm, I think I'm getting to the point where I, I, I really do. I think I'm getting to the point where I just don't want to do it. And I, I hate to admit that out loud or say that because I know tomorrow, two days from now, I'm going to feel completely differently. But I woke up this morning and I, dude, I put the rundown together last night. And honestly, it kept me up a little. And I slept all right, but it kept me up a little bit because I was like, oh my God, dude, all this stuff is Debbie ass downer and it's bumming me out. And I, you're right. It is my job to kind of get over that and still do it, push through it. But I'll just, dude, as a guy who's into telling you everything that's going on with him, I'll tell you, man, it's, it, this is a hard push for me today. It's a hard, dude, when I read a story about a guy leaving his baby next to a steaming shower, like, I can't believe they just let you morons just impregnate one another at, at will. Like, I, dude, it is not your right to have kids. I'm changing the law. Like, dude, it's just so, Damn depressing. The good news is we do have Breaking Benjamin tickets, and the good news for you is is I'm going to search high and low for interesting, entertaining things to discuss with you this morning because, well, that is my job, and I do love what I do. But honestly, there are mornings where it's just like looking at it where it's like, man, look at this. It's just negative, 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 and it just kind of bums me out. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where to go from there. So stick around, I guess. We'll find out together what kind of show we're in for together next on Rock 1069. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Uh, 9.30 is where we're going to pass out those Breaking Benjamin tickets. That show, I believe, November. At the House of Blues. And we'll get you into that. I like that man. I'd like to go see that actually myself. I uh, I want to see who's opening up for them too. I uh, I I, I feel question. I feel like I like Breaking Benjamin. I don't know if it's enough to make me go up there on their own, but if if they put a good opener in there, you know, possibility. Yeah, I like them a lot. So the Indians won again last night, extending I believe that away record to what thirteen consecutive or something like that. I believe it. That breaks another record. That's what I heard last night or this morning. I'm sorry. Yeah. So try pulling off another one. I uh, I can't believe it's almost the end of baseball season, dude. Like we're legit looking at playoffs starting soon. This year is flying by. Like w- when I looked at the date yesterday, I couldn't believe we were almost out of September already. I I just can't believe how you, how fast this year is going. Uh, apparently, a pretty serious thing happened the other night at the Yankees game. As a young girl was taken to the hospital, she was struck by a foul ball. Uh, they say it was going about 105 miles per hour. Jesus. Apparently, it was between uh, the Minnesota Twins, New York Yankees there. And the New York Yankees released a statement saying the child received first aid at the stadium and was being treated at a local hospital. 
Apparently, it went down in the fifth inning when Todd Frazier hit a ball into the seats above the dugout along the third baseline. Game stopped for nearly five minutes, Fantone, while the child received medical attention before being taken to the hospital. Now, the guy who hit the ball, visibly shaken by the incident, had his head on the end of his bat while the girl was being treated. And he says here, I just thought of my kids. I have two kids under three years old, and I just hope she's all right. I know the, uh, the dad or whoever it was that was with them was trying their hardest, but the ball's coming at 120 miles per hour at them, and the ball's hooking. So it's like if you've ever seen a ball like that, which most people in the world haven't, it's very tough. Um, and uh, the Yankee shortstop himself then tweeted, hope everything is all right with the little girl that got hit with the foul ball. Her thoughts are with us for a speedy recovery. That's scary. That's why they write on the back of the ticket. You know what I mean? They, they um it's very fine print, but they tell you if anything happens, they're not liable for that. I mean, welcome to live entertainment. Well, yeah, and I mean, baseball is unique in in, in as opposed to the other sports where, like, football, nothing's coming into the stands. It's You're gonna, never trying to make something from the field go into the stands. Yeah, for football, I mean, even if a pass were to get up there, you know, you get hit in the face, yeah, you're going to get a broken nose, but it's not going to be that serious. Um, basketball, maybe bodies flying over, you know, the line. First and, row, second row, but, you know, an NBA player might knock you over and I always but you want that almost I, I, I always am amazed that more people don't get hurt in those situations when NBA players go flying just because like I mean you're old well I mean you got like you know you've got guys that are six foot eight you know 275 pounds of muscle coming at you you know and and there's chairs and there's stuff flying around I would just think that injuries would happen more often but it seems like they don't but baseball every year somebody gets hit with a bat somebody gets hit with you know gets blasted with in the ball. face with a ball or something Something like that. You see people falling out of stadiums all the time at baseball games. I don't know what it is, but like baseball, there's just, I don't know, more. It's a more. For for probably being the safest of the sports, it's definitely the most dangerous to, to watch. I would rather be body checked by LeBron running for a ball out of bounds than I would have a like a baseball hit me. Because even if I got hurt by LeBron plowing me over, you're probably not going to die. Dude, if a baseball hits you in the head hard enough, you could die for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're probably not going to die. It's going to feel like you got hit by a truck, but you're probably not going to die from that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to hurt more. It, what was it? I think it was Barry Bonds that like he broke that bat and the bat went in. In the uh, the bat went in the stands there, and oh, it's like, yeah. dude. I mean, if that, that if one. like that, that's like shrapnel coming, dude. If that oh, is, if, sure. if that were to like strike you, I mean, you could totally die from stuff like that. So, yeah, I've never had anything happen to me at a game like that. I've caught a foul ball at an Indians game, and I've caught a bunch of them at batting practice. We used to actually broadcast before the Indians game sometimes, like out in the deck there, and so you'd be there all early and like batting practice. We just sit there, but we always had a glove, so you're just like kind of standing there, like hit, you know, catching it, right? And you know, I know people are going to be like, why didn't this Dad, do something, but that player brings up a great point. 105 of like, miles per hour. What are you going to do? Don't know. I mean, dude, you're just sitting there. Right. You, you know, you, you could be paying attention to the game. I know nowadays, now that everyone's on their phones and like not necessarily watching as closely, um, that might have been what happened. But still, like, I mean, it's 105 miles per hour coming at you. You just don't know what to do in that situation. I'm not going to blame a guy for not having Major League Baseball reaction right you know what i mean and for instincts and you know reflexes and like that that's there's a reason why those guys get paid the money they do it's because they can act that fast i wonder if any point baseball you know they've got the net behind uh, home plate plate. i wonder if at any point they're going to decide like hey liability on this we don't want to be sued anymore you know what i mean (sighs) 
it, you'd be crazy not to think of it. But on the flip side of that coin, baseball suffering a a viewership problem, and I think if you start then making it harder to see from the seats, people are going to be like, "Yeah, dude, we're out." Is I, I guess you know I've sat behind home plate like in that general area. I before. actually hate it. I, I just can't remember if I was that upset about it. I can't remember if there was I don't that really much like of a deterrent. It. It's it, for the first three innings, you love it. Because you realize how close you're sitting to the action. Right. So you're like captivated by sitting close. And then after that, you're like, oh, well, great. There's this big obstruction in my way. Like, right. remember back in Municipal Stadium, you'd go up to your seats for the Browns game. You're like, oh, awesome. A yellow pole right in my sitting face. in my seat, right. Like, right in front of my seat. Because, you know, welcome to Northeast Ohio. Like, that was always awful. And that, my buddy's dad used to have season tickets for the Indians. Right. Front row, third baseline. And those were great because you'd sit right in the front row. Guys are right there. No net. It was perfect. I wonder if MLB, I mean, I'm sure they could crunch the numbers. It's baseball. People love numbers in baseball. That's all they do. But if you, I mean, if you could find out essentially where the most dangerous areas of the field are, because like. It's probably what? Eight rows back on the, on the foul ball line? Could happen anywhere, and you need to be aware of that as a spectator. I just wonder if it's like, you know, right, if you go eight rows back, section, you know, 107, is it just like, damn, dude, that's foul ball alley, and like that, you know, but, I mean, that doesn't change home runs. That doesn't change, you know, just because that's the numbers doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to save anybody. I wonder, you know what I find interesting is that, is it because people are looking at the ball as it's coming to the outfield? Because, dude, nobody ever gets hit out there. Like you never notice that? Like nobody ever gets accidentally hit by a ball out there. It's normally like first or third baseline. Well, right, because at that point it's coming like flying off that bat. Usually when it's going into the you're outfield, watching it. Well, you're watching it and it hits its arc and then it's it's this you know, as it descends, it's slowing down. You've got like ability I mean, if, to react there. I've seen it knock people's nachos over, which I'd rather hit hit me in the head than spill my twenty seven dollar <laughs> bucket of nachos, but that's just me. A local Canton criminal is gonna spend some time in jail, a little heroin junkie was trying to do something. He thought was slick and it wasn't, and he got caught. And we'll explain next on Rock 106 Perry Show on Rock 1069. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. 9:30. We'll pass out those breaking Benjamin tickets as they play the House of Blues here. Nothing will lift my spirits quite like a local scumbag criminal getting exactly what's coming to him. Alright. I like I like when people who do wrong things end up where they should go, which is jail. I like it, right? And so police arrested a man, wanted on a heroin charge. Surprise. Everybody's on heroin these days. As he jumped from a second floor of a house, Ryan Boyko, 36, was arrested 5 a.m. Tuesday near the house on Ridgeway Place. Police said he climbed onto a porch roof, and then he was trying to get into the second floor window, Phantom. He was trying to rob this house, I would imagine. He was apprehended when he jumped from the roof. He was arrested on a charge of attempted burglary and on the warrant, which charged him with felony heroin possession. He went to prison back in 2012 for cocaine trafficking and three counts of marijuana trafficking, and uh, he remained in jail today. And uh, he will obviously see a judge here soon. My guess is a also a public defender. And again, it's dude, probably a safe ju- or bet there. Yeah, I yeah. assume public defender. If you look at this guy, you're not going to be shocked 
Is you know I, I'll get his photo posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Stansberry Show there, so you can see it. You're not going to be shocked this guy's on heroin or that he was robbing houses. You know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I know desperate, you know, times call for desperate measures, and people, when dealing with the police, often feel like they're in a desperate situation. But to jump but, off a second floor roof? I, I was going to say. How this, far do you think you're going to get with a broken ankle? This goes to show you uh, what heroin does to people and, like, the the terrible decisions that you will make in chasing that that addiction down and trying to get that 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 feeling back. So, like, I, I, I wish I could say, like, man, that's a crazy story, but there's a little bit me that's like, dude, well, of course that guy jumped off the roof. Heroin, right. heroin addict trying to avoid jail. Heroin addict trying to keep his high going. Like, like a, if it was, you know what I mean? Like a second story, what is that, 20 feet? Like, I'm not doing it, but at the same time, you probably could jump off it. And survive. Oh, I mean, you kids know. do it all the time. Right, so like, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that this dude did. And the fact that he's 36, I always view drugs as a young man's game, and I'm like, ah, dude, I'm too old for that, dude. The fact that you're 36 and jumping off roofs, man, it is. It's time to reevaluate that life. I always thought drugs were a young man's game too and then i moved to the pacific northwest and they had a really bad methamphetamine problem yeah. like really bad actually like the, that that documentary faces of meth was filmed in the town where i lived and i mean dude methamphetamine was running rampant through there and i remember when we first got into town we went to like you know a costco or whatever it was and we were in the parking lot and we were like we were looking around my brother and i and i was like oh my god like david look i was like there's 75 year old drug addicts here like dude, i don't remember having 75 year old drug addicts at home and i don't know why but that feels sadder to me that feels like for sure it, it does it just feels like what you do during the golden years of your life you should be you know sitting under a tree drinking a glass of lemonade talking to your grandkids right you're out there you're out there hustling for smack dude that's terrible <laughs> I mean, dude, what a twisted grandfather tale that right. is. You young smack addicts yeah. have no idea what it was like. Back in the day, we had to go get our own bindles. That's how it. That's how heroin sold on the street, by bindle. <laughs> there you go. By, by bindle. There you go. Stansberry with some information. See there. there. For, that, for what, that a terri- what, a, what a horrible thing. I'm so glad they caught this guy and that he's going to spend some time in jail because that's where he deserves to go. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, But like I said, it's, it's one of those things you wish it wasn't the case, but you know stories like this are happening all the time. And like, I mean, this is a local story. Story. It's not even like, dude, hey, in Texas this happened. It's like, dude, no, Canton, Ohio, this went down. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm going to get my CCW right there. Right there, because dudes are trying to creep into your house and steal all your stuff because, well, they're drug addicted and they don't want to go to work every day. As a matter of fact, dude, I was having dinner last night with a buddy of mine who owns a company who is looking to hire people. And he says, I, I, I just, I don't know if I can hire people anymore. He's like, nobody wants to work. They all just want to cash a check and not put in the hours every day, or they can't pass the drug test. He's like, people bitch about the fact that there's no jobs. He's like, I got plenty of jobs. Oh, I know that's a real problem. It's 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 you're you're not going to be able to pass the drug test. Um, you don't have the skill set available to get that job, or you just aren't going to be a person who works towards that job. And there's a part of me that's like, to me, that all feels very interconnected. Of like, well, the drug problem feeding the laziness problem, feeding the lack of of you know, it's probably work a little ethic. bit true. Like you throw all that stuff in there together and it's just like, as an employer, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to him about it last night because I was like, well, what does it pay? And he told me what it pay. Dude, he pays like really well. He's paying like seventeen, eighteen dollars an hour. Okay, so that's. I mean, that's a life for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a life. And he can't get qualified applicants for it. Yeah, I can under. Not that I understand, but like 
if if this is a minimum wage job and you can't get people to fill it, well, I get it. But yeah, dude, that's that's money. Like, I mean, dude, you're talking approaching twenty dollars an hour, and right. you still can't get qualified people to apply for it because, it, it, like he says, he's like, dude, he's like, I'll hire people. They'll come to work. He's like, and then they're lazy, and then they'll he, they'll turn to him in, in the middle of the day and say, well, I did this, this, and this. He's like, yeah, I know, but I asked you to do this, this, and this. Right. And he's like, they're having a problem understanding that I'm the employer. That I'm, this is not a negotiation. I've hired you to do the job. You've agreed to do the job. Do the job. I'm not negotiating with you every single day. We're both getting something out of this. You're right. getting a paycheck. I'm getting an employee. Yeah, that's totally how it's supposed to work. And but. the guy's like 70. And so for him, he can't recognize the world that he's in. Because for his generation, you went to work, you worked 15 hours a day, you went home, and you slept. That, that's what you did. I really do wonder if that's, you know, like I said, like connected to this drug problem in the sense of, well, people not, you know, just falling asleep in the middle of the workday, not wanting to do anything, not having any, you know. It'd be crazy to say it's not part of it. It's obviously some part of it. So, you know, be on the lookout as, you know, heroin junkies are now crashing Jeez. through the second floor of your house. I mean, dude, why Terrible. not just kick the front door open at that point? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you doing? You sneak in that way, you know, you're getting in there. Trying yeah. to be a sneaky a heroin addict. Sneaky is what he was. That's a, He's sneakily now going to prison where exactly he should be. Isaiah Crowell wants to be paid, but we have his numbers for this year, and uh, don't pay the man. I'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Breaking Benjamin tickets up for grabs at 9.30. They're playing the House of Blues. We'll get you into that. That's a band I like. We'll send you to see them. I'm going to give you some good news before I give you some bad news. Okay? Apparently, the Indians are currently one game behind the uh, Dodgers for the best record in baseball. I believe it was like a couple of months ago they were 20 games behind. So, like, they have caught some major, uh, major ground. It's crazy to think that, I, I mean, I guess the beginning of the year, maybe I just wasn't paying as much attention to baseball, but, like, how hot were the Dodgers this, in the first half of the season? I mean, they must have been winning everything. Yeah, I think they were pretty good for a while. And I think they have one of the highest um, payrolls in baseball. I think it's like t- something like $270 million or something. I mean, if you still haven't closed the gap when you've gone 26 wins in your last 27 games, uh, that's mind-boggling yeah. that a team's still able to be in front of you. Agreed. That's a lot. So there's the good news. And now I have some bad news. But before we get to there, I'll remind you that this Sunday you can find me at TD's Tailgate Grill. Their Lake Cable Jackson location, where I am now hosting Browns parties for you, and I believe this week they should be able to win this game, as they have the Indianapolis Colts. Now they're on the road, and they're giving up a point. But straight up and down, win or loss, I believe they have a probably a halfway decent chance to win this game. You can join me every single Sunday at TD's. I'll be there from 1230 to 230. Stop by for a $2 Bud Light pint, get to keep the glass, and I was just telling you yesterday, that I had their fajita steak masher thing that was fantastic. It's like mashed potatoes and steak and like everything that goes on a fajita on top of it. And what I like about TDs is 43 televisions and they have nice. NFL Sunday ticket. So no matter who your team is, they can get the game. We had like six different games on at one o'clock the other day. It was awesome. Just watching everything. I was like, I honestly had one eye on the Browns game, one eye on the Kansas City, uh, you know, Philly game. And dude, I had a, dude, it was a great day. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You are not at the Steelers location. No. Correct. All right. They have turned the original location on Tusk into a Steelers like backers type thing. Oof. And so they have me at Lake Cable Jackson, their newest location. And uh, 
we were watching the Browns games there. Now, if you're a Steelers fan, doesn't mean you can't come by and say hello. We'll get the Steelers game on for you as well. But I'll see you Sunday at 1230 at the TD's Tailgate Grill, Lake Cable. I'm being told via Twitter that the Browns are only two games out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, when I, you think about it like that, they are only two games out. I actually. know. So Isaiah Crowell is our running back. And I'll take you back a few weeks. It was about three weeks ago. I had said on the show that if the Browns won a successful season, I was going to give you a couple things that would lead to it. That that would. That I, I wasn't going to go off wins-losses because I don't think they're good enough yet to win a bunch of games. People were trying to tell me before the season, we're going to win eight games. No, you're not. I've said it a thousand times. You're not going from six quarterbacks last year to eight winning game, to winning eight games this year. You're just not going to do it, right? So I said, you keep Deshaun Kaiser upright all year, don't get him hurt, and he plays well enough to where he's your starter no matter what. That's one. Right? You get me a thousand yard rusher and Isaiah Crowell, that was two, and I forget what the other two are, and that's all right because we're going to deal with Isaiah Crowell right now. Right? Oh, and I said win four games. But the thousand yard rusher was very important to me because we have a rookie quarterback underneath center and you have to help him. You have to help him. No rookie quarterback is going to come in and light it up without talented players around him. He's just not going to do it. No, and I mean, any quarterback is going to need help from the running game. That's football 101. So, right. like, you're set up the pass by running the ball. Especially, you know, playing in the division that the, that the Browns do, playing in the weather and the climate that the Browns do. You want to pound it. You know, you're, you're going to have to be able to play, you know, smash those, you know, football and be able to go out there and run it. So, yeah, that's definitely a part of a successful season. So Isaiah Crowell's now in what is considered to be a contract year, right? And so they asked him how he's dealing with it, what's he think about his contract. And he says here, this is the quote, thinks about getting paid all the time. Now, you're hired to do a job, and you should be paid to do it. And every few years, you negotiate, much like we do here at this job. Every couple of years, you renegotiate, you find out whether or not you're going to get paid more money, and you either do or you don't, and then you come back in and you continue to do it, right? And so that's basically the situation he's in. Now, we know that these guys try harder in contract years. You'd be impossible not to. Welcome to being a human being. It's just right. the way it is. I can't knock people for that. Yeah, I mean, you can you can you know live in the in the perfect world where it's like no, you give a hundred percent effort every single time out there. Um, but of course, guys, you're going to put a little extra oomph into everything when they're when they're trying to get paid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's incentives. Well, yep. Welcome to it. That's exactly how that's going to work. So they have given Isaiah Crowell the ball twenty seven times. Phantom, would you like to venture a guess on how many rushing yards Isaiah Crowell has? I know it's not many, dude. I know it's not. Um, I'm going to guess they gave it to him. They gave it to him 27 times. 27 um, times. Uh, probably 110, maybe under that. It's under 110. Jeez. It's under 100 yards. Jeez, not even 100? Isaiah Crowell has 70 rushing Oof. yards on 27 Oof. attempts. So Oof. how's that offensive line doing? Is it good? How's that offensive line working out? Right? I guess, I guess you, yes, yes. But I right? mean, do you put this on the offensive line and the lack I, I, of blocking? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, dude, we're talking 70 yards on 27 attempts. A little, bit of, a little bit of it does have to be up front. I'm done hearing about how good the offensive line is, guys. I'm over it. We've got proof now. Now, I know Deshaun Kaiser's taken some sacks that were not the line's fault. He held the ball too long. That's rookie stuff. I can live with it. 
yeah. but you only get 70 rushing yards on 27 attempts. I'm sorry. That can't all be Isaiah Crowell, and it can't all be the line. It's a combination of both. I will full-on admit that. I, I saw that. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was last in the NFL when it came to holding on to the ball. Yeah, by right. like a second. That is that is rookie. That is. I mean, uh, he's th- just trying to get his game clock up to speed versus Notre Dame versus pro football. Right. Welcome to it. Well, trying to trying to just see how much faster dudes are and trying Absolutely. to you know, keep his head from spinning. Makes around. all the sense in the world. Um, I, I want to I want to come down on the, on the line and be like, yeah, you know, it's definitely a part of it is, but a big part of it is is Isaiah Crowell. And the thing that kind of jumped off the page to me when I read something about him was last year when it came to yards after contact. So like he hit somebody and continued going. Right. Last year, three point one eight yards after contact. So far this year, now granted it's two games, but one point four, and that's effort to me. That's like all right. That is effort. You hit the dude. You hit the dude, and then what'd you do after that? Did you keep the legs churning? Did you keep moving forward? Did you keep trying to like make a play happen, or did you just fall down because you got hit? And to me, that 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 definitely indicates that he's part total of the problem. Effort. You are right. That is total effort. Those numbers have Isaiah Crowell thirty first in the league in rushing. There's thirty two wow. teams. Thirty first. Wow. 31st. There's 32 teams. Now there's more running backs than that. Duke Johnson hasn't ran the ball that much. He just hasn't. So like the the one-two punch of them and what they were supposed to be hasn't hasn't really even existed yet. But dude, 31st? Let me tell wow. you. You're right about Isaiah Crowell and the effort. But the problem is, and this is wrong, but it's going to happen and you have to understand that that it's going but it shouldn't, but it's going to. You know what that is? That's a guy running the football, a hard job, being smacked into by defenses all day, realizing we're not going to win. We're not good enough to win. If yeah. you feel like you can win, let me. you put the helmet down and you, you, you know what I mean? You bash into a couple of guys, you fight for yards. But when you know you're going to lose anyway, this is what happens. Yeah, if you don't believe, I mean, there's no purpose of even going out there that day. If you're just like, yeah, you've already resigned yourself to the loss, well, of course that's what you're going to end up with. Um, all right, so we agree that a big chunk of this is on Isaiah Crowell. A big chunk of this is on the offensive line. How much of this goes into the play calling? I mean, like 27 rushes in the over the course of two games with a rookie quarterback, in my opinion, I know they're stacking the box on him, but like in my opinion, Hugh, get him out there and give him the opportunity to run the ball. Well, I guess Crowell's gone in there and, and said, give me the ball. I want the ball. And Hugh Jackson says, I have no issues with somebody wanting the ball more. That's what we want out of our players. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but what, what he wants is, is like, dude, he wants guys who want the ball. Gamers want the ball. Winners want the ball. But the problem is, Fantone, how do I give the guy the ball when you just pointed out the, the numbers of what happens after he gets hit? The, uh, the, the longest run he's had that I'm seeing right now is 17 yards. Nothing else over than that one 17-yard run has been over 10. So, like, that's not good, dude. That's not. You've busted nothing open. You've, you've, you've hit no stride. At no point are you running downfield at that point. I mean, you're running inside of the box, dude. That's not good. Vegas basically has this game at a pick em. It's uh, the Browns giving uh, you know uh, the Colts a point on the road. I don't know. How do you get favored on the road? Ah, dude, it shows you. I mean, at, at, at the bottom of the barrel of the NFL, how truly bad it is. When you start looking at Indy, when you start looking at Cleveland, when you start looking at the Jets, when you start looking at these bottom dwellers dude you're right how how are you favored you have won nothing you have done nothing you've ran the ball for 70 yards and somehow or another you're the favorite it's mind-boggling i i almost want him to go to indy this week play the game and then afterwards i want ownership to get in a room together and i want 
I want our owner to tell Ursay, the owner of the Colts, dude, how many draft picks do you want for Andrew Luck? Like, I know he's hurt this year, and you should just leave him on the sideline all year. But how many picks do you want for him? You want 10? I'll give you 10 picks for Andrew Luck. Like, because that guy can play football. And if our line is improving, and it did, again, on pass blocking, it looked like they were getting a little bit better. Then give me the guy. Go give it, dude. Go give up ten picks for that guy. He's a franchise, dude. Andrew Luck's a franchise quarterback for sure. So by saying that, you're saying Kaiser experiment's over. I'm saying, dude, at some point you got to do something. No, the Kaiser experiment's not over, and they're not going to go get Andrew Luck. I just think he can really play, and I think Kaiser probably has some talent. And you don't need, like I've been, like I said about Kaiser when they took him, and the, the, to start the season, you don't need to be Tom Brady. Just be Kirk Cousins. Just balance this franchise out to where people want to play here and want to come here and you know to where we draft guys they're not sitting there going oh my god i can't believe i got to spend the first four years of my career in this crappy organization like that's all i need just stabilize i'm um i'm reading this book right now and a part of it's about tony dungy and how he got guys to buy into his system and that's the thing that he said more than anything is you can't come in believing you're gonna lose if you if that's the case no matter what talent you add no matter what coaching staff you put in there no matter what plays you call men are gonna believe that they're gonna believe that they're there to lose you have to change that you have to change that at its core and you know i said this before where it's like dude you know Four preseason wins felt great. We all thought there was something special going on. <laughs> yeah, they and were. Look the... at it now. Now imagine being one of those players. Imagine being in Berea. Imagine dude knowing that like the Colts think they can win this game. That's a, a terrible place to be in your mindset. I'm telling you right now, there are guys in that locker room that have already given up on the season. It's over. Have already given up on it. They're professionals, dude. They know. Like you, do these guys. You got to remember, even like the offensive linemen have been the best athlete in any place they've been their entire right. career in, until they've gotten to professional football. Right. Like these guys don't lose, so like they know. Like yeah. they, you can't spend your entire life being a phenomenal football player, getting around in a collection full of bad ones, and not notice. The the real place you see that is Kenny Britt, and I know everybody's crapping Fair. on the guy right now, um, but it'd be hard not to be that dude. Like you've been around the NFL forever, you know what good teams look like, you know what bad teams look like, and right now you're sitting in that locker room looking around like, who in the what are we doing? Right and you now? know what? I think a little bit of his play has shown a little bit of that. I, yeah. I do. Now, like, dude, you're a professional athlete. Get out there and play hard. Harder, right, quit giving up on stuff, but like, if, if looking at it from like a human, a human level, yeah, it's absolutely going to happen. That's the problem with losing. And all we needed this year was to 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 turn the tide of the losing culture. And so far, they have not done it. They have a winnable game coming up. They have a winnable game in the Jets. But you got to remember, man, bad teams are now getting geared up. Like, hey, man, the Browns are coming. Like, you might be able to get a win here. And like, I just, I can't. I can't take the Browns as favorites. Giving points away on the road? I don't know, man. That dude, that does not say a lot about the Indianapolis roster. And I will admit that the, that roster is not that talented. But Jacoby Brissett came pretty close to winning that game last week for them. He threw an interception late in the game that lost it. Second week and now with the system, we'll see how he plays. And again, you can join me at TD's Tailgate Grill. I'll be there Sunday for the Browns game, 1230 to 230, Lake Cable Jackson location. Fantone, I have a phenomenal story here. I found I scoured the internet and I found the perfect ironic story. Like the irony in this will blow you away. You're getting that next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 1069. 9:30. We'll pass out those breaking Benjamin tickets. They're playing the House of Blues. We'll get you to that. 
read an article about uh, apparently there was a rally of motorcyclists were were trying to like um, protest a helmet law. All right. And so they went like on a ride. You know what I mean? And so they did like a like a ride one day for it to protest a helmet law. During the ride, a guy crashes his bike, goes over the handlebars, hits his head on the pavement, and dies. Shocker there. Doctor says, had you been wearing the helmet, you would have lived. Now, I would imagine that's probably true. Yeah. But there's certain things that look cool, right? Like back in the day, smoking cigarettes looked cool. You just looked like an outlaw. You know what I mean? You look cool smoking cigarettes. Nowadays, you look like a crazy person. But like part of the motorcycle culture was is that it was cool. Now, a buddy of mine who actually rides Harleys says that it's the least cool thing you can do anymore because everybody and their brothers got one now. And it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, every yuppie in the world's got one parked in the garage now. Motorcycles have jumped the shark there. He Now, my buddy claims that. Now, I don't ride, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know because all I see is people driving by on the freeway or people driving by, and I always think, like, damn, dude, you look cool, but, like, I don't know. I don't know who that person is. I don't know if that person's legit cool or not, but they they always seem cool to me. And I would imagine that the, the not wearing the helmet is part of the cool factor, right? Um, I think it just it's a part of that devil-may-care attitude. Yeah. I mean, I think if you really looked at it, you'd probably have, you know... People more likely to smoke cigarettes. People more likely to like you know, not wear a condom in sex. Those dangerous activities. Yeah. Well, those dangerous activities. I are think fun. kind of go hand in hand together. Fun, and yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, I think you're crazy to think otherwise. I um, when I was living in Oregon, they had a helmet law, right? And so, like, my brother rode up there a lot, and uh, I, I had loosely been connected to a woman who rode a lot, and I asked her once. I was like, does that bother you having to wear that? She's like, eh, it's always the way it's been here. I was like, isn't this whole thing about wind in your face and like that whole thing and like in riding? And she's like, well, I only have a, a half shell. Like she didn't right. have like a full helmet. Right. And I was like, well, aren't you worried about crashing in like the road rash all over your face? Like if anything, maybe you should wear the full helmet. Well, yes. I mean, if you look at it from my, from my viewpoint, like I think that you should be worried about everything on a motorcycle. Like I, I, I wouldn't, I would I, never ride one today because of everyone else. I would I would definitely be the kind of person who would like no I got to wear a leather jacket because if I do fall yeah right. I'd want to avoid the road rash there I'd want to avoid any anything like that. Have you ever ridden a motorcycle? Um, not in a very long time. So like I, I as an adult I don't know if I would I honestly I don't even know if I'd feel that confident doing it. It's no it's not easy. No it, I wouldn't it, expect it to be. It's it's one of those things that you do kind of have to have the feel for. I I um I used to a long 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 time ago. It's been a long time for me as well. Um I mean I rode it for like I don't know like I, I think I took my brother's bike like two miles when we were out there we had, I had to move it somewhere um but like i haven't ridden in forever and honestly i i think much like roller coasters now too old yeah i think i'm gonna get on it and be like oh my god i'm terrified I mean, at, least, <laughs> at least with roller coasters there's like an engineer making sure that you don't you know, yeah there's a 16 year old up there pressing the buttons yeah no right. that, that makes it all the more right <laughs> but i mean there's somebody that, that but i mean like out on the road there's a 16 year old behind the wheel which to me is far more dangerous than him pressing the buttons oh there. yeah no that is true and, and like I, I remember it was probably two months ago i saw an accident in front of the walmart on tusk where this car and it was at a light so it wasn't like it wasn't like a high speed you know crash or anything 
anything. This car, I think, basically just bumped this motorcycle. This dude was on the ground. Part of his bone was sticking out of his arm there. And, like, I mean, it, you have zero protection there. So, like, to not wear a helmet, to not protect your brain to me feels ridiculous. That does. Yeah, I, but I know so many of them that are like, no, I'm not doing it. But what's the argument there of, like, why you should not have to do it? Like I don't know. I, I I think honestly, it's one of those things that just comes down to people are like, I don't want the government telling me what to do, man. Right. The only argument I've ever really heard is like, well, let those who ride decide. And I'm like, well, that's not much of an argument there because like, we'll let those who are in cars decide whether they want to wear seatbelts or not. Sounds ridiculous, right? I mean, no, actually, I do agree with that. That you shouldn't have to. Wear, there should be no. Seat yeah, because I do the seatbelt law really bums. It really annoys me because it's not about keeping me safe at all. It's not. It's you, they don't care about keeping us safe they care about sticking their hands in our pocket that's what they want but if it's if, if, if safety is a byproduct of that yeah i mean it's i mean if that's the icing on the cake i can't hate it and now honestly i have dude i was always an anti-seatbelt person always I was like nah i'm not doing it not doing it can't make me do it especially in the winter when you got a jacket but it's not zipped up and you put it over thing everything's wrinkled underneath i just hated it but i got a seatbelt ticket when I first moved back to Ohio, and I did, I paid, it was like $200 that ticket was. And then I was like, okay. And dude, when, when something costs you money, you get smarter about it. And sure enough, ever since then, I've just put it on. Now, I also have a, a much, much newer car now. And so like, if you don't wear it, the thing beeps right. or tell you, that, you know, right. to put the seatbelt on. And that, those kind of noises make me absolutely crazy. Like that kind of stuff. Like there, you know what will make me go out of my mind? A ringing telephone. The sound of a ringing telephone will make me lose. Like when people just let a phone ring and don't answer it, it's like one of my least favorite things on the uh, on the face of the planet. And much like the you know the alarm, like I said, for not wearing the safety belt, so I would always put mine on. But I just thought that that was a little interesting. That here you are trying to like protest for your freedom to do something, and that freedom to do it is what cost you your life. That's the ultimate bit of irony that I've ever heard. More Stan's Ray Show right around the corner. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. So if some idiot has smashed into you in traffic, get your car back to its original condition with North Canton Collision's state-of-the-art paint technology. And my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason are happy to take your call for a free no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or you can find them online at NorthCantonCollision.com. Get your car back to the pristine shape it should be in hit up north canton collision the folks you call if you've been in a collision big or small 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show on rock 106.9 online for you at wrqk.com which by the way there's I, we just put a video up there i want you to see somebody has created a really cool youtube channel called carnegie and ontario made a little cartoon about the uh about the indians there you're gonna want to see that that's up it for you at wrqk.com before the break we were talking about how um, there was a protest of uh, motorcycle riders, and they were protesting a helmet law. And one of the guys like crashed during like the ride, went over the handlebars of his bike, hit the pavement, hit his head on the pavement, and died. Doctor said, had he been wearing a helmet, he would have lived, which is a little bit of irony there. And so we were kind of like examining the question, like, well, you know, what's the argument to not wear the helmet? And all we've ever heard, Fantone pointed out, all we've ever heard is let riders decide, right? And so Greg writes in and says, I've ridden a bike my whole life. I'm now 60, and a helmet can absolutely save your life, but it can also kill you and give you heat stroke, among some other things. And I said to him, I was like, well, I didn't know that. I hadn't known that. And he said, well, you got to think about it like this. 
If your body hits a fixed object and your head doesn't, the chances of getting a broken neck are very good. Wouldn't that be true with or without a helmet? I, I guess. I mean, dude, this guy rides, and so maybe he knows that. I don't. That's what I would have thought too, but I, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that would change because of a helmet. I, I mean, I don't think it would, but if your body hits it and your head keeps moving, it's going to, helmet or no helmet, your neck's probably going to break. I would think so, but I don't know that. Um, you know what I mean? Somebody, I thought that was interesting. Somebody made the argument to me, or not argument, but the point of like, it's just one of those things that you should, it's just like weed, where it's like, it's within the realm of what we let adults do in this country, and that should be enough. And I do agree with that in the sense of like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we let people jump out of airplanes, why not let them, you know, ride a motorcycle without yeah, a you wear a helmet. But the only thing I'm going to say about that is, is that like you're putting and I know it's not other people's lives at stake right there. But if somebody hits you with their car and let's say it's a pretty low speed hit, you know, it's a fender bender or would have been a fender bender vehicle to vehicle. But now you hit a motorcycle and that guy died. There is. I don't know. I don't want to say. Oh, I never thought there's a little bit more like. Now all of a sudden, what was a fender bender? Now we got a call of our insurance agents has turned into oh my god! I just killed, I killed somebody. somebody. My life will never be the same again. Yeah, now, I mean that's a, that's a good argument. I'm sure there's a counter. I, I'm struggling to find it, but I'm sure there's a counter. But that's not a bad argument. Now, if you know, you can say, well, we if somebody hits you and you're, they're drunk, it should be illegal. Should we make alcohol illegal? No, but we already have DUI laws, and like it's going to eliminate everything. Of course not, but there's already laws in place there. And I, I listen. I understand the liberty of like, well, no, I don't have to wear a helmet, and I get that. I just don't know if that's enough in this situation. <laughs> So a guy won the Powerball back in 2013, right? Won 338 million dollars, Fantone. He Jeez. took the he took the 211 million dollar lump sum payment, which dropped to 152 million dollars after taxes. Dude, you're still talking about three figures of millions right there. Yeah. that's a you're doing lot good. of money, and like. I don't know which one I would do that. I don't know. Well, I guess I'm young enough where I'd probably take the the long term payout, but it'd be hard not to just take all that up front. I'm taking dude with that much money. If I'm walking away with 152 million dollars, I'm taking it all up front. That's just me. I, uh, you know what I mean. I I, I want to live it up okay. a little bit, and this guy kind of did. Um, actually, got taken to court by his girlfriend. Um, because they agreed to like kind of split it, and then but he, then he like kind of reneged on that. So she took him to court, and they worked out a settlement. He's going to pay her. He was also then being um, there have been some complaints filed against him because he had said when he won that he would pay the rent of everybody who lived on his street, Oof. and he like reneged on that. I'm not sure you can take him to court for that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like hypotheticals of like, dude, you're getting a million dollars, and you're getting a million dollars. It's not like that's a contract, but now. He is in some serious trouble. Pedro Cuesta is 49 years old as he's been charged with two counts of first degree aggravated sexual assault, two counts of second degree sexual assault, and one count of second degree endangering the welfare of a child. The female victim of Pedro Cuesta, 49 years old, is he was molesting her between the ages of 14, or I'm sorry, 11 and 14. And so here's my question. And I don't want to give pedophiles like, here's the guidebook and no. here's like what you do. No. But when you have $150 million, why would you molest a girl that lives in your neighborhood? Why would you not just get on a plane and fly to Thailand where you're allowed to sleep with underage people? Yes. You got 150 million. You have no excuse. You have $152 million. Go to Thailand. Go to, like, you, I think Vietnam will let you do it too. And just, like, and live it up. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's probably a little bit of, like, well, I don't have to go do that because I can make it happen right here. And, like, the impulse is right now. And yeah, I want to do this right now. And you get to travel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, why would you? Here's my point. 
is that you got $152 million, which do your life could be better than, than most people's. Why would you do something that's illegal in the United States that would rob you of that life when there are places on the country, or I'm sorry, in the world, to where you can go, and this is not considered to be, well, whether it's illegal or not, you can get away with it. Now, I'm not arguing for people who oh, bang kids. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, dude, if I had $152 million and this was the thing, this is the thing afflicting me, I, it, like, I understand why a pedophile who, like, works at the video store kind of grabs who's close to them. But you have the resources to go somewhere else. It's because this is a compulsion and, like, you can't, you know. I'm glad I don't understand it. You, you can't, I guess that's ultimately my point. You, you can't tell, like, a crack addict, like, hey. You know, two weeks from now, I'm going to give you enough crack to last the rest of your life. You're going to love it. And they're going to do it all day. They have that compulsion that they want it right now. So, like, I'm sure that's a little bit of it is that. And I don't know what this guy's story was before he was a uh, multimillionaire. Well, every day he would buy a lottery ticket and two ice cold Corona beers from the store. Maybe this was like that money, that change of lifestyle was enough to like... Push him over the edge. Right, take that, what was a desire, and turn that into an action. I'm untouchable. Which, is, which has become a compulsion. Yeah, if uh, if sentenced, he'll obviously do about 10 years in jail, they say. I mean, wouldn't Michael Jackson have been in Thailand? Wouldn't he have just moved to Thailand? No, he wanted to be at the Neverland Ranch. That's a good point. That dude was totally a perv. I hate when people argue with me on the Michael Jackson thing. He had a separate baby raping chamber off of his bedroom that nobody knew about that was filled with stuffed animals. It was a private room nobody knew about. What do you think he was doing in there? Playing the memory game? Connect Four? Is that what you think that was happening in that room? No, Michael Jackson was a sexual predator preying on young kids. Coming up next on Mix 98.9. Yeah, there it is. Richard Sherman from the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks has said something out loud that I think the NFL is going to have a huge problem with, and that's what I love about Richard Sherman. We'll tell you what that was next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 1069. 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. We're online for you, WRQK.com. Head over there, check out a uh, somebody made a YouTube channel called Carnegie in Ontario. You're going to want to see that video. It's pretty good. That's up for you, WRQK.com. I want to get to this Richard Sherman sound, but before I do, I got to address something. I started the show out this morning saying I was worried about the rundown this morning because everything was pretty negative. And it just kind of had put me in a bad place where I was like, ah, man, I don't. Do I even want to do this today, right? And so before the break, we had been talking about a guy who won like the Powerball. He won like $150 million. And then he ended up getting caught molesting like a young girl. And all I said was, is I didn't understand that if you have the resources, why you would stay close to home and not go somewhere. If that's your compulsion, not that I want you to do it, but there are places in the world where it's not frowned upon. So if you have the resources to go, why wouldn't you do that versus doing it in a place where you know you can get caught? And Fantone brought up an excellent point, which he's totally right. It's about compulsion, and you don't think logically when you're thinking about it. But I have upset a few of you. So I want to make it clear what my point is. I don't want people touching kids. I am a survivor of sexual abuse from an adult. I was molested for over a year by a neighbor growing up in Maple Heights, Ohio. Over a year. 
So if I don't think my statements were over the line, I don't think people who were not victims of sexual abuse get to judge my comments. That's how I look at it. That's why I'm always telling people, dude, you got to toughen up in life. And why, dude, I've been through real agonizing pain and still get up every day and kind of go forward. I don't play the victim role, right? That's why I kind of always tell people that. But I've upset Michael. He said up until this point... Right now, I used to love listening to your show, but with your comments, I don't give a rat's ass how you defend it about how this guy can get away with molesting a child by flying to another country is ignorant. That's ignorant, man. If you need ratings that bad, essentially you're backing support, giving advice. Like I said, I don't give a crap how you try to explain it away. That was a stupid thing to say. I'm fuming over here, dude, and I'm changing the channel. Well, Michael, you will be missed, but let's point out a few things. I don't do things for ratings because I need them that bad. Already number one. So I'm doing all right, okay? And most of what I say is in line. And I knew some of you were going to be like, I can't believe he just said that right now. But if you think about what I said, it does make sense. It's not wrong. And I'm not giving you the playbook. What do you think? So what? The pedophile down the street that has to roll change to buy gas is now all of a sudden going to fly to Thailand today because I said it? I don't think so. I, I really don't. And did you miss the second part of the conversation where I condemned Michael Jackson for about five minutes for being a child molester? You're, while you're probably cranking up man in the mirror while yelling at me. I get it. Sometimes I'm going to say things that, that inflame people. I remember I said to start the show out, I was terrified of this rundown today because of the subject matter. Because everything that happened in the news had been negative. And I was worried I was going to lose some of you over it. Sure enough, I have. And I'm going to have to live with that. And Michael, I hope you decide to come back, buddy, because I was not trying to say it's okay to touch kids. Again, I was, the, I was the victim of sexual abuse at the hands of a neighbor for over a year. Believe me, I am incredibly close to this subject. I've been pretty open and honest about it my entire radio career. I've, I have said many, many times, I think it's probably the reason why there's not a wife in my house right now. Because I have commitment issues. I have trust issues over this. This is a lifelong battle that happens when this happens to you as a child. I would imagine, even as an adult, I don't know, but I would imagine a rape victim feels exactly the same way I do. Can't trust people and have commitment issues. I would imagine that comes with that. I don't know firsthand. I know firsthand about this. I'm sorry I upset you. I was not trying to make light of it or make it seem like it's normal. All I'm saying is that when you have $150 million, there are places you can go. Whereas, what, didn't that guy who created that made that song rock and roll? He did that. He went to Vietnam because he because he kept getting caught here, right? That that's the rock and, that Gary Glitter was his name. Yeah, Gary Glitter went to move to Vietnam so he could do it because he kept getting in trouble here. Like so, there are places where people can go do. That. That's all I was saying is that if you have the resources, why go to jail? That was it. That was it. I want to talk about Richard Sherman now because as a guy who loves, loves to bet football games, Richard Sherman came out. And if you don't know, he plays defense for the Seattle Seahawks. And he's pretty good. He's getting towards the end of his career, but he's pretty good. And he said something that I have to imagine that the NFL, I don't know if they can find him, but they would want to. And it's about the betting lines in Vegas and injury reports. And here's what Richard had to say. You know, from what I understand, the rule is for the gamblers, you know, for Vegas to make sure that the odds and everything are what they're supposed to be, which is apparently what the league is concerned about when, when talking about injuries and things like that. So maybe somebody should look into that because I thought we weren't a gambling league and we were against all those things. But our injury report is specifically to make sure the gamblers get their, get their odds right. 
He's totally right. Why would you give up your injury report? Why would you do that? The only reason I can come up with outside of gambling, which is its core issue, it, it is, um, is to give more access to the team via the media to the fans. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you can make a little bit of a stretch there of like, well, you you as a fan have an invest, you know, investment in the team and you want to know, well, who's playing, who's not playing. I don't know if that's necessarily a good enough reason to uh to 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 do this though. I like I would never want my opponent to know what my weaknesses were. I would want you to have to prepare for the best of my lineup and not know that I'm going to be weakened. I don't know why they make people tell them that, and I would have to imagine that it is because of the betting line. And so, as the NFL likes to pretend that they're not a gambling league, but they know that they are. Oh, yes. I mean, I guess you're in the in, in, in the place of, well, you're trying to uphold standards while blatantly breaking them, but you can't just do it in front of people. I, I agree that like there's no way that this isn't their decision is for the gamblers, but at the same time, I don't know if that's going to change anything. No, it's not going to change anything. But my best guess is Richard's one of these outspoken dudes, kind of always chirping, always saying some stuff, and I'm willing to bet the NFL is going to want to walk this back some way, somehow. But if you find him now, isn't it it makes it a bigger story, right? Yeah, anything that they do, whether it's a fine, whether it's even if they even if they just send somebody to talk to him, he's like you said, an outspoken player and is probably going to draw attention to that fact. Oh, he's not going to be quiet ever. You can hear like you can hear the reporters kind of like gasping and almost snickering at at, at what's going on during that press conference because that is, I mean, like you know, one of the big things in the NFL is protect the shield, protect the shield, protect the shield. And like, there's a brand bigger than you. There's a brand bigger than your team. There's a movement that 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 we have to protect. And you start poking holes in it like this, coming from guys who are still active within the league. Yeah, the dude. It's just another example of the million black eyes that the NFL has caught over the years. They got a lot of bad negative stuff going on right now. It's it, they got a lot of negative stuff going on right now. And and at some point. Get a new PR person in there, right? I mean, it, it, you know, if you think that if you think the NFL is specifically making moves by releasing, you know, player injuries and things like that, how much of a stretch is it to think, well, if they're if they're giving gamblers the benefit of the doubt there, how many times are they point shaving? How many times are calls going one way or another to affect that bottom line, to affect that spread? So, I mean, really, you start pulling on this string and an entire, like, knot of issues comes out. Well, this. remember the other day we were talking about how guys like, I think it was Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez said, you know, before games, they'd go over to DB, you know, defensive backs and say, dude, hit me high, I'll pay your fine. And again, the guy from the Cardinals said that. And I remember I asked that day, like, well, what else are you predetermining before the snap? Yo, man, I need 70 yards before I hit my bonus. All right, well, we'll let you get to 70. You're not getting to 100. Right? Like, some of that stuff happens. As, as a matter of fact, I was with a buddy of mine last night who bets games like I do. And he said last night, he's like, dude, he's like, people laugh at me when I say the NFL's fixed. He's like, but I bet games. Like, I'm just telling you, he's like, I'm, I watch it every week, and I'm like, this has to be a little bit fixed. Why continue to bet then? If it's already predetermined, that just seems so like... Well, what? well, much like the child molestation thing, dude, it's a compulsion. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of an addiction. 
It is. If, if yeah. Which, I, by the way, people are furious that I explained myself on that. By the way, I mean, do you should read my hate mail right now. If if I'm being called every name in the book right now. If if it, yes, it's true. It's a compulsion. It's gambling. I I understand that. But if you found out a game was rigged if, at the carnival and you were throwing, you know, you know, at beer bottles or milk crates or whatever those things are, and you're throwing a ball at that, and you find out it's fixed, I mean, at least go to the casino where I guess it's fixed too. So what, what are we talking about here? Ben's telling me injury report is also used as a strategy. If Tom Brady is on an injury report, then the defensive opposing team has to spend time preparing for the backup, which is less time spent on preparing for Tom Brady. Bill Belichick perfected this. But why not? Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to deceive people with your injury report anymore, though. Like, I thought somebody got caught doing that, and the NFL changed the rule on that. Don't quote me. I mean, at that point, though, you're putting teams at a competitive disadvantage. Like, why wouldn't you just say no I mean, I guess if it's equal playing field, everyone knows everyone's. But why not just say, no, you don't have to give this injury report. And if Tom Brady's out, you adjust in the in the moment. You adjust on the fly. You adjust in the game. Yeah, I mean, they're professionals. They, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet they spend a little bit of time preparing for, all, you know, all things. On some level, I would think they would have to. But I just, I don't think the league can punish him because it's like, well, what do you do? And you're going to make it three times the story if you do. I mean, he wasn't vulgar about anything. He didn't complain about a specific official or anything like that. So I don't know if there's grounds to to, to That's what I'm saying. I know they want to, but I don't think they can because I think it makes it three times the story and you're just hoping this kind of goes away. The line on the Browns game, however, moved to one and a half. Your Browns are favored one and a half on the road. I don't know. You get it to three, and maybe you bet Indy. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel bad. I want I dude. I want the Browns to win this game so bad. Which by the way, you can watch it with me. I'll be at TD's Tailgate Grill, their Lake Cable Jackson location. That'll be twelve thirty on Sunday. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Missed anything from this morning? Pick it up at the podcast, WRQK.com. You can do that shortly after 10 a.m. I'm, uh, I'm getting bummed out by some of my hate mail, dude. I gotta stop reading it. I'm being called some pretty serious names. I want to make it clear one more time. I did not advocate. A guy won the lottery, $150 million, and he molested a girl, and I just simply said, I don't understand why, if you're going to be a criminal, at least try to attempt to be a, a, a smart one. I almost said decent. That would have been the way wrong word. But a smart criminal. There are places in the world that will not prosecute you, and America totally will, and you have the resources. So I thought it was an interesting look. And I will once again explain myself that having been the victim of child se- of, uh, like sexual abuse as a child at the hand of a neighbor for over a year, I obsess on the attacker. And maybe that maybe that's wrong. Maybe that is wrong. But I don't think about victims. I well, not that uh, you know what I do, but I think about the attacker because I'm obsessed with it because it happened to me. So I want to know what makes them tick. I I will I want to say my uh, that it interests me, but that's the wrong word. But I obsess on attackers because I I'm obsessed with knowing what makes them tick. How did we get here? Why did this happen to me? And so I was looking to examine the why not like take, remove yourself from this. I was not advocating that people should do it. And if you took that from my conversation, that's what you wanted to hear from my conversation, and that you were looking to be mad about it. 
You skipped over the fact where I started the conversation out by saying nobody should ever do this to another human being. You skipped over the part where I condemned Michael Jackson for being, a, 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 honestly, a sexual predator, having a baby raping chamber in his house. You skipped all over that because you just want to focus on the one part you misheard and be angry about me for it. And that's what I was worried about to start the show this whole morning. I've been terrified this whole morning about it because everything in the rundown was a million kids getting touched here. This kid's dead over here. This cop did this thing, this awful thing. And I was worried about it. And sure enough, here I am in the middle of the program having to defend myself over an, a very innocuous statement that I had made. If I offended anybody through this, I have, of course, sorry about that. As a guy who does not like the word offended, but being very close to this situation, very close, too close, closer, by the way, than the people who are mad at me for it. I'm closer than you are, right? So maybe my opinion, maybe what you do is lean back and go, well, I want to be mad at him. But I wasn't molested as a kid. A neighbor didn't take me into the basement in Maple Heights where they had cartoon characters painted on the walls and sexually assault me for a year straight. That didn't happen to me, and it did happen to that guy. He was lured in by the niceness of strangers and taken advantage of. So maybe let me lean back and listen to what this person who's really close to the situation, had it happened to him, has to say. Instead of just getting your Facebook fingers all ready to go. You can condemn me all you want, man. I'm close to the situation. I obsess on the attacker. If that bothers you, I am sorry. And I will look into that. And I will look, I will look into how, how to change that. But it's hard. Been working on it 40 some years now. It's not easy. But I am sorry if anybody took what I said as me advocating this. You'd have to be crazy to think that that's my position. You would have to be, honestly, you'd have to be mislistening. You just, you just would. Am I crazy? Fans, don't help me here. Am I crazy? Um, no. I mean, I understand where your logic's coming from and the thought there. I guess maybe... People think I was making the joke. I'm not making a joke. It was an observation. No, I think there's probably some people who just feel like, you know, and whether... And here's the thing is, I don't know who these people are. I don't know what their ties are to this. Like, I don't know if this person's been molested. I don't know if this person's child has, has had that happen. Uh, well, I read all the emails. They were not. Okay. Um, But nonetheless, I mean, I can understand where people come from with well this is something that needs to be ha handled with like you know with some sense of i don't want to say respect but some sense of sensitivity to Kid people gloves. to people who 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 have been in situations like this um you're not wrong with your logic I, you're not i mean it it makes sense and i think the answer to what started all this is that well it's a compulsion like i said in the very first break of all this is that like you don't make logical decisions when you're when you're compul when you when when you're addicted to something that's when you have the that, examination right. that's where it all came from that was the point to look into it is that I found it interesting that the compulsion is so strong that it can overpower your logic. That was the point of the examination of it. And I just, I have a hard time when people attack me on this issue because I'm living with it. I'm currently living with it. Can you hear it now? Almost about to start breaking down now, right now, live on a rock station. You guys almost got me to the brink where now I'm reliving childhood memories and want to break down. Are you happy now?
You know what? I shouldn't be yelling at you for it because you have the right to get upset about things I say. I don't want to. I don't want to ever make it sound like what I say is law. And how dare you question? You of course have the right to question. I want a little bit of conversation back and forth. I want a little bit of debate going on with this. But I feel awful when people tell me that I'm advocating something that I've been trying to shed my entire life. Believe me, you don't advocate things. You know what? I'm done. I'm done explaining myself. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. When you're way into the Breaking Benjamin Show, 9.30, we'll pass those tickets out. He's going to play the House of Blues. He. I, uh, they. <laughs> Fanto kept pointing out yesterday like how egotistical it is it, of the lead singer of Breaking Ben to be like, dude, like just throw your name in there for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, we're going to call it uh, Pink Roger Waters. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, I don't know about that. Which, speaking of which, that Roger Waters show is this evening, and I all didn't right. know this. Fantone made me aware of this during the break. Apparently, this whole thing is like like his whole show, like a two-hour show, is just like an anti-Trump thing. Yeah, I was watching Channel 3 this morning, and they were doing this story. I about, haven't heard this yet. About like the, uh, the kids that come in and do like the backup dancing for the wall. Okay. It's essentially like every stop, you know, they, they have a different dance group come out, and, you know, we don't need no thought control. The kids are doing stuff. Um, at one point, I know they like open up and their shirts all say resist and during the wall there's all these pictures of Trump and stuff and plenty of um, like not even like you know alluding to it just plenty of like yo F President Trump and uh, it'll be interesting to see how people react to that well people say politics played a, a role in that band like constantly fighting and the bickering and the, and the back and forth so I'd be interested they've always kind of been one of those bands that likes to point out stuff that's going on they hit it a little bit better than maybe like a band like U2 right. or things like that so you know there's plausible deniability built into their stuff but I mean if he's going to use the video boards and stuff to basically show images I mean here's the, what I'm assuming and I don't know that any of this is right okay I'm just I'm giving you Stansberry assumptions all right my guess is is that the audience at that show tonight will be primarily older yes and I don't know if this is right or not this is a Stansberry assumption I would assume the older you are the more conservative you tend to be or right, like I, I, I that's normally what people say. Yeah. As you age, you get a yeah. little bit more conservative because really, what you're trying to do is make the world stay the way it was while you were younger. Yeah, I mean right? that's that's fair. I mean that's a it's a stereotype for a reason. So it's a little ballsy if you're Roger Waters, right? Because I'm willing to bet there's going to be a lot of Trump supporters in that audience. Right? Um, they they spoke about this morning on the news how at multiple shows people have walked out, people have really? you know, people have decided that they, this is a line too far. Um now listen, certainly your prerogative to do so. I mean, if you know, you go to a show and you feel like it's not up to standard for whatever reason, leave. I mean, you can leave a movie, you can leave leave a concert. You paid. Right, but that's the thing go. is you've already got you've already got your money down. I don't know if Roger Waters necessarily cares I, there. I, in in my in my opinion, I think it is a perfectly reasonable stance as a human being to say, just get up on the stage and sing me songs. I paid you to sing me songs. I did not pay you to preach to me about my politics. That is a perfectly reasonable statement and opinion to have. But performers, for better or not, for better or worse, are now viewing their position as a mechanism of change for the changes they want to see. And if you're not okay with that, 
I think live performances are not going to be a thing that you're going to want to be a part of much longer. Yeah, at the end of the day, you can think that you're paying them to play you songs, but you're paying them to walk through the door. And whether you approve of what they're doing up on stage or not, that's not what you paid for. You paid for your admittance into the show, not what's going on during the show. We have a uh, we have a we have a Trump supporter in the building. Multiple, not just one. There's multiple. But I know for sure one of the Trump supporters in our building who voted for him still like loves him because there are there are people who have voted for him who are expressing regret. She does not. Well, she, she enjoys him. And whether you, you regret or not, I think most people probably aren't that passionate about politics. This person is very, very passionate about President Trump and everything that has come along with him. So like very passionate. She's pretty passionate about it. And I'm wondering what her reaction will be mid show. I'm very interested to talk to her tomorrow. I wonder if she's heard this yet. Because maybe she's one of these people, like you're saying, maybe she just won't go. I'm very interested to know that. My friend Stephanie in Nashville just hit me up. She's like, yo, I just saw that Roger Waters show. That production is sick. She's like, make sure you try to go to that. She's like, if you can get a ticket to that, go to that. She said, the show's excellent. I'd be interested to see them. I never know, though, I will admit, being a little bit of a Pink Floyd fan, I've never known who's who. Like I was just singing what? Like what? I just yeah. asked Fantone, I was like, did Roger Waters sing Young Lust or was that David Gilmore? Like oh. I honestly I don't know. Like I don't know the answers to that stuff. Like I don't know the in and outs of that band. As a matter of fact, I, if I'm gonna be 100 percent completely honest. I think I lied to my friends my whole life about how much I enjoyed the movie The Wall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I think I was just sitting there honestly with my friends and they were all loving it and I was like, Yeah, this is great and I was like, What is happening? Well, at least partially there, it's because they had weed that day and you probably didn't. So you were just like, Yeah, dude, I don't care what we watch, what we listen to, it doesn't matter. I just want to keep getting stoned. Um but yeah, dude, there is I, I think Pink Floyd as a whole, there the the wall, the music, everything about the band, there's a little bit of pretentiousness that oh, comes yeah. with it. Oh yeah. And I guess I mean that's okay. <laughs> like it's not my cup of tea, but like, are you not a Pink Floyd? I fan? don't think they need me. I'm not in particularly. Like, I get it. Like, I understand that they're good. I'm not saying like, yo, I'm not coming in with hot takeville of like, yo, Pink Floyd sucks. But like, if I, dude, am I ever picking Pink Floyd as my music of choice? Never, never, never. Am I sitting around and like, all right, dude, I'll listen to some Floyd? Nope. I, if it's if I'm driving in the car and I'm flipping through radio stations, am I sticking through a Pink Floyd song more than the chorus? Nope. Young Lust will get me on the radio because I like it, and it's a little bit more up tempo yeah, than a lot of their it's stuff. Got a like, little bit to it, right? Like they can be a little bit like, oh my god, like they can be a little slow for me sometimes. Like I will admit to, and again, this radio station plays Pink Floyd, and a lot of you love it, and that's why we do it. But for me, as a consumer, I'm a little bit with you. In the car, it can be a little slow for the car for me. Young Lust, one of the better ones. But, dude, you start throwing time around. You start throwing money around. You start throwing careful with that axe. Dude, enough. Your boy's out. I don't I, um, need any of that. I think one of my... I've always really liked Dogs of War. That was a really good Pink Floyd song. And I saw them, actually, on the Division Bell Tour, and they were fantastic. I mean, that is... It's one of those shows that if you can see those guys, you should... Because of they just know how to perform. Like they know how to be a performer live in front of an audience. But I'm just, I mean, dude, what's Roger Waters now? 70? Yeah. Gotta, gotta be. be. Gotta be closer to it than not. 
And I would imagine a lot of that audience is going to go in there thinking that they're getting the wall, and then next thing they know, they're going to get like an anti-Trump thing, and I think a lot of them are going to be out. Well, I mean, you got to think, too, that like, don't get me wrong, I mean, obviously the president is the president for a reason, and that's because millions and millions of people voted for him, but millions and millions of people, people voted against him, too. Voted against him, too. So I guess, you know, it's, it's just like anything else where it's like, well, 25% of people on one side and 25% of one people on the other side already out on you just because of where you think what you stand like that middle 50% is what you're shooting for and if all you're going to get is 50% you might as well stand you might as well stand with your beliefs you might as well you know stand by your scruples there just because like you're you're you're, you're going to miss out on half of them anyway I am um, I went and saw Green Day earlier this summer at Blossom and they're very political and like to you know speak their mind and so the whole way there in the Uber, I was like, all right, just brace yourself for Billy Joe to be really annoying tonight. Like, he's just going to be obnoxious about how annoying it is. He said two things about it and then said into the microphone, we're not here for a political debate. We're here for a rock and roll show, and that's what you're going to get. And I remember taking a sip of my beer and breathing out and going, you know what, Billy Joe? Thank you, bro. Thank you, because that's what I was looking for out of this night. I get everybody has their opinion. Look, I do. that's what I do for a living is give out opinions. So it's very strange for me to be like, don't get up on that stage and give me your opinion, right? I mean, that's a little, that's a little hypocritical as a guy who gets paid for his opinion. But I understand that if somebody pays a bunch of money, like what a lot of people are going to say tonight, Fantone, is they're leaving that show is, okay, that's great, fine, whatever, I agree, disagree, whatever, but I paid you $75, $80, $150 or whatever, and had you not talked for 10 minutes about the president, you could have fit three more songs in. You know what I mean? I think, well, Pink Floyd, you could have fit one more song in. I don't know why everything had to be eight minutes back in the 70s. Everything had to be really long back then. Much like this conversation. I need a good laugh. If you've been listening all morning, I've had a rough, rough morning. And I've probably made it rough on some of you, and I really apologize. That's not the best way to handle things. But I need a good laugh. And I read an article about duck penises that will help me get there. So we'll do that next on Rock Stansberry Show. Chilling in the students. Rock Station. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. We'll pass out those Breaking Benjamin tickets 930. Send you to see them up at the uh, House of Blues there. Should be a good show. They always normally put on a really good show. You sent me this this email yesterday and I've read it now four times, and I can't make sense of it. All right. Somebody has taken what I consider to be <laughs> incredibly too much time examining the length, girth, of the duck penis. Now, I had never seen, to my knowledge, a duck penis until I, until I looked at this. But they're very corkscrewed. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's a cork. That's exactly what it looks like. It's a corkscrew. 
Okay. I uh, I would assume, you know, the feathers are usually covering it, so I don't think many of us know what duck penises look like, but all right, a corkscrew. And, it, it, yeah, it kind of hangs from the bottom there. And um, it almost looks like it. You remember those old pipe cleaners? Like it almost yeah. looks. Yeah, it almost kind of looks like one of those a little bit. It's okay. very. It's very pink. Okay. The duck penis. All right. And obviously, there's more than one kind of duck. Yeah. And so they were looking into. Apparently, the the, the duck's penis is corkscrews one way, but the the female duck's genitals are actually rotated in another way. Jeez. Which makes it very hard for them to. Um, to get pregnant and the like. Um, yeah, it sounds like a complicated process, dude. I don't know if I would be able to figure all that out necessarily. If I had to, like, you know, readjust and, like, corkscrew it a different way as opposed to just <laughs> doing it. Um, so apparently the rudder duck is the one you want because that's the one with the big penis. All right. All right. And Jeez then Louise, dude, I didn't know that ducks had the same issues that we did of, like, all right, well, I've got a bigger penis, therefore I'm more worthy than you. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Welcome to the animal kingdom. Okay. And. The lesser scow, if I'm saying that right, they have smaller penises. Okay? So they were looking to examine the duck penis. I don't know why you would, but they were. I'm going to assume there's something there that's more than just like, all right, let's watch ducks bone it out. I'm going to assume there's some science or something to be Well, they were trying to figure out how to make sure we, um, they can get females pregnant like, okay. with certainty, right? Okay. And what they have found out is that when you place them in the same pen, Rudder ducks and the lesser scows. That the ducks who have traditionally smaller penises end up with larger penises just by hanging out with the ducks with bigger penises. Bigger dong by osmosis there. Imagine if that were true in human form. Imagine like if you just hung out with people. And like your penis got bigger, baby, because of who you were hanging out with. Just by standing around them, your penis was just automatically getting larger. Like, if dude, my friend circle would be very different. I think so. I mean, I guess at that point, you really would. I mean, you'd have like a superpower or something by by having a large penis. Like, if you were giving other dudes bigger D's, I'm telling you right now, you're the most popular guy on the face of the planet. Well, I don't know. That sounds pretty bad, right? Like, imagine that back page ad. Yo, dude, I can give you a bigger D. I mean, it, but let's look at the desperate no, in, the, so. in the in the in the in the insane way. Ways that dudes have tried to increase their penis size forever. I mean, like, there's pulling techniques, there's like weighted techniques, there's, you know, obviously a slew of pills that you can take. So, no, dude, if we could apply this science into the science of our own pants. I, I think I've been misunderstanding the pill thing. Okay. I, every time I hear like the, an advertisement or see an advertisement, I have always just assumed that that was like solely erection based. No. There's people out there claiming they can make my penis bigger by taking a pill. For sure. Extends being one of them, dude. That was, that was the whole thing. Remember his wife was smiling so much is because his D was getting bigger, not just, you know, getting erect. Yeah. But, this is Kevin, right? Yeah. That was like those. Yeah. And the guy was smiling or cheesing or, Bob or whatever. Was Bob was his name. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dude, that's totally what that was, was 100% was they were trying to convince you that you would have, by saying a, you know, a firmer and, you know, more sustained erection there, they were trying to, you know, it's going to be bigger. It's going to be more pleasurable for you and your oh, life. Oh, see, I was always under the impression that what they were meaning there is like, dude, the older you get, you get kind of a halfer versus a full there. And so like it was offering you like erection help. I didn't realize they were offering me a larger penis. No, it's all just placebo. I mean, like, let's be real. If you're confident walking into it and you feel confident in your penis's abilities and the, and, and, and the you know, the, the size of it. <laughs> 
it's going to feel like you're are, you know performing better it's going to feel like you 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 are you know larger but dude like i've said a million times on this show your wife can't tell the difference between like five and a half and six and a half inches she can't she doesn't know and she doesn't care dude she honestly doesn't well remember we read that list of things that women were bitching about the other day on the show and the one said look nobody cares about the size of your penis more than you do you're obsessed with it we're not and it was actually nice to hear a woman say that. Now, I know there are such things as size queens out there who are obsessed with, like, no, I'm only going to sleep with a dude with a super huge penis. Yeah, but there's dudes with a, with, a, with a six finger, too. That doesn't necessarily mean that you should, like, completely change the way that gloves are made. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a whole. As, as, as dude, a, I needed that. As, as, as oh, a whole, today. It, it's, it's not nearly the issue that we all make it out to be. Now, I guess if it's like, dude, well, we've, we've perfected the, the, the bigger penis pill. I think everyone's taken it. But then at that point, all we're doing is just moving the moving the bar down. The, or, you know, well, now I want it to be bigger than that. Exactly. Whatever I, averages, we're unsatisfied. I with. will, dude. I am surprised that the penis enlargement thing has not been mastered, right? Because you hear women complain about this, and I think rightfully so all the time. What do you mean Viagra's covered, but my birth control's not? And like, we have been obsessed with the male. Like, do we have honestly? Like, people bring up a great point in this too. We've had Viagra longer than we've had cures for a lot of diseases that kill people. For sure. Like, look at where we're directing scientific research. So, by that theory, again, I I, sh- I should probably be careful, you know, examining things today. That's what got me in so much trouble today. But like, I would imagine just that. We would have found like the, the foolproof way to do this by now. Um, yes, but I think it shows how complex that concept is. Is like, you know, with breast implants, all you're doing is sliding a sack of silicone under skin. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still a major surgery. It's still something that you and know. And they've gotten much better at it. Yes, and 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 and, and huge advancements. And I mean, I know there's butt implants now, and like, but those things are relatively easy to do like i said you're sliding a, a sack into under under skin that's that's doable if you're really trying to increase the size of an organ not just like you know the, the length skin around is it, what people are right, trying to but do but you're right? trying to increase the girth and the length of it it's just not a simple thing to do and i mean when 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 babies are born it's a relatively rare thing to happen here but when babies are born and doctors can't tell the difference between their genitals whether it's right. you know a micro penis or it's a you know or, or if it's a vagina, Vagina there, uh, doctors go on the side of vagina. They go with girl because, and this is, is, is something I read in college is that like it's easier to build a hole or to dig a hole than it is to build a pole. Yeah, I've heard that too. And like that's, it just goes to show you like we'd all love for it to be, well, dude, just buy this pill at the gas station, dude, and you're just going to have a raging one. It's not that easy, guys. Yeah, I don't think a larger penis is coming over the counter. Right, you know what I right. mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. And I know that they do penis enlargement, uh, you know, uh, surgeries and the thing, uh, but they but have not mastered I mean, it. What I've always heard of it is, is that you're just cutting the tendons behind your penis, and that at that point you might extend it when it's soft, but you're not adding anything when it's erect. So like that literally is the opposite effect that I would want. Like if if, if I'm going to have to deal with it being small at one point, it's when I'm the only one who sees it. When it comes to the erection, that's what that's what is most important in the equation. I think. Marshall brings up an excellent point. He is absolutely 100% right about it, is that Viagra started out.
out as a heart medication yeah. to increase blood flow. And yeah, we normally stumble across things when we're trying to fix something else, and that's how you come across. That's why discovery is always mankind's like biggest thing. That's why we always got to be like trying to find the next thing because who knows what the byproduct of it is. I think the X-ray came out of like just like a mistake that they were trying to do. Like some, there's been a bunch of there's a ton of examples of those, and Viagra is that because that's all it is. It's a blood thinner essentially. Right. Dude, if you take two aspirin, it's essentially the same thing. You now you need actual aspirin. My brother taught me that. He's like, dude, don't buy Viagra. At the end of the day, dude, just take a couple of aspirin, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? A little beer, thin the blood out, you're gonna be fine. But dude, I uh I that would be interesting. Like I would life would be worse if my penis went up and down in size depending on who I would like happen to be hanging out with. Yeah, it would. <laughs> dude, you look down and you're just like, son of a bitch, what am I doing here? I mean, dude, think about that, dude. We're locked in this room twenty hours a week together. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be terrifying. I don't want that at all. Breaking Benjamin tickets up for grabs. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansbury here for the Wake Up Auto Family. Stark County's largest pre-owned dealership. That's right. They are Stark County's largest pre-owned dealer. So no matter what kind of car you're looking for, make, model, price range, whatever it is you're looking for, the Wakeham Auto Family will have it. The Wakeham Auto Family found me exactly what I was looking for. I wanted a pre-owned Honda Accord, and they found me one well within my price range. Now, here's the other major thing that I love about the 69. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Those Breaking Benjamin tickets headed your way here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. We'll send you up to the House of Blues. Check those guys out. They're always pretty good. Fantone, you may have been right this morning. What is that? That uh, for those of you that haven't heard, a young girl was struck with a foul ball in Yankee Stadium. Right. The other night, 105 miles per hour. They say that that foul ball was going. She was struck with it. Got a couple of minutes of medical attention at the game, and then obviously uh, then moved to the hospital. And already on TV and today on all the sports shows, I'm seeing all like the tweets put out. People are saying, just put the nets up. Just put them up left and right hand side. You're going to stop all this from happening. You'll never have another one of these. And everybody's happy. I, I mean, I understand why people are like, well, it's, you know, it's a distraction and it's in the way. But like, like I said, it's behind well, the glasses field. at the way at the hockey game, too. Right. I mean, you know, and I guess, no, you couldn't do even if you put like glass up, that probably wouldn't be as effective. Um, number one, it'd be hard to put it up high enough. Number two, it'd be hard to keep it clean because it's outside and like. It's hard enough to keep clean inside for hockey. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Would glass be any better? No. No, I don't think so because, again, you know what? The one thing you don't get a lot of at a hockey game is obviously the sunlight. The glare off that oh, glass yeah, 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 yeah. would be terrible. Yeah. You have to go with dark netting. And you pointed out this morning, and you're right about it, they already do it behind the catcher. Now, I was talking about how I used to sit back there you know, uh, back in the day, and it is a little... Get that thing out of my way. I want to see. You know what I mean? But if it stops people from getting pegged in the head with a ball, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. I mean, like, they've MLB has obviously decided that it's worth the investment or at least worth the complaints that they're getting when it comes to, well, I can't see as well. So if it's good enough there, I mean, it's going to be good enough around the stadium. I, uh, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily support it, but I can definitely see it happening. Yeah. When... Uh, 
especially now that a young child has been hurt, right. this will hit the, the heartstrings of America, and, and it probably should. I don't want to see anybody get hurt go, by going to a baseball game. And we pointed this out earlier on the program that, you know, baseball's in a weird situation there because in no other sport do you try to make something that's on the field leave the field and go into the stands. In baseball, you do. You're trying to hit a ball out of the park. You know what I mean? Now, fall ball, you're not trying to hit it that way, but that's going to happen when swinging a bat at a moving object like that. And I'm trying to think of another way where this could be lethal or at least like cause major damage in another sport. And I'm sorry, football's just not going to happen. Basketball, maybe if you're sitting courtside, but that's a relatively small percentage of the of the audience in 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 in, in, in place there is that most people aren't going to have LeBron barreling down. I on think them. you're more likely to have somebody have a heart attack. When LeBron's like plowing into you on the side, because like, dude, there you are, you're 50, bloated, own a company, stressed out. There you are, there with your trophy wife, and LeBron just comes crashing into you. Probably scares the hell out of you. You could have a heart. It's just so strange that like that doesn't end up in more injuries. Now I know the guys try to like pull themselves back, kind of stop not, a little bit, brace, but still, dude. Like I said, that's you know, you got LeBron James. What is he six 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 eight two seventy five? Probably of straight jacked muscle. Of like, muscle, too, uh, right. Pl- yeah. Plowing down on you. You can have all the body control in the world, but, dude, like, chairs are flying and stuff. And, like, it just nobody ever seems to, like, at some point you would think somebody got, like, hit with a chair and impaled with a chair and, like, one of those legs went through a player. Oh, God. But, it's not, but it never happens. Like, it never happens in the G League. It never happens in college basketball. I don't think I've ever seen anything happen like it lower than that. So it's just a... um Baseball is. It's a, it's in a different position where literally anywhere in the stadium, you could be hit by something. Um, you will deal with this a little bit on the golf course, right? Because guys miss hit balls all the time, and you know, you're supposed to yell, four. As a matter of fact, I was playing last Saturday. It was, it was me and my buddy Jim, and we were playing a place up by his house. Pinebrook, I think was the name of it. And we were playing a little bit, and... And we were on the first green, and it's a reachable par four. And for those of you a little novice to golf, meaning, dude, from the tee box, you can hit the green with your tee for right. a par four. And that's that makes it a short, reachable par four. So there we are, and you can't see the green from the tee box. So the guys didn't know that we weren't, we hadn't cleared yet, right? And so my buddy's standing over his putt, and the ball landed like literally two inches Jeez. next to his foot. Like it could have hit him in the head. And you hit somebody in the head with a ball hit from the tee box like that from with a driver, you're going to put them down. And that's honestly, like I believe you probably could die. It's pretty dangerous. So you'll see like Tam O'Shanner here is a really good example of this. Like if you go down, I think it's, was it Fulton there, right there? Mm-hmm. Like you go down the halfway down that one hole, there's a hole, there's a huge net that runs all the way down the side because they know that tee box is right by the street. And if you hit a, if you hit a golf ball into somebody's car, you're, I mean, you're talking multiple accidents now. I am um, obviously feel terrible for this girl and her family. And yeah, that's it's awful. All, that's all, you know, very, very valid. I also feel terrible for this player. I don't know who it was. I don't know who hit it. I don't know what the circumstances circumstances were of it. But I like, saw the photo of him kneeling down with his head on his bat and you could see it written all over his face. I think every dude out on that field last night had to feel a little something, but it's still the guy who the guy who who hit that ball, man, there's just no way you're waking up today and feeling guilt free. Because like let's be real, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. You're playing baseball. You're man. doing what your job you're, is, you're right? You're doing your job. You're out there, you know, swinging the bat, which is what you get paid money to do, and somehow or another through a freak accident and ends up with a little girl getting her face caved in with a baseball man. I feel terrible for that guy. Well, the guy said, he's like, man, I have two kids. 
under the age of five, and the first thing I thought of was my kids. Of course. I mean, how would you not inject yourself into that situation? You're absolutely right. How terrifying that would have to be for them. And my guess is, like I said, I'm I'm watching now multiple different news outlets already. People are starting to talk about, well, why aren't their nets up already? Which that's once you start seeing conversations like that online and start they start to hit the TV show, that's what's going to happen. Is you will then start to see those nets. I will tell you, it is a distraction while sitting there. But if it keeps everybody safe, I don't think distraction is probably enough of a reason not to put the nets up. We'll send you to see Breaking Benjamin. Let's do that right now. We'll take caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625 and more Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Pinks. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. When talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge, safety, training. And that's the mantra over at Great American Shooting Sports, North Canton's newest and best indoor firing range. Great American Shooting Sports has an amazing rental section. You can actually rent a Century Arms AK-47 for just $20. They also have a Smith & Wesson AR-15 that you can rent for $20. Great American Shooting Sports is North Canton's Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You can podcast anything you might have missed this morning at WRQK. Com. I uh, I cannot go forward into this program without saying to you, Matthew Fantone, buddy, you deserve an award today. Thanks, buddy. I'll take it. You deserve an award today. You got one. I'll take it. You do. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'll go home and tinfoil you a little trophy. Uh, participation trophy. There you go. <laughs> a little there, bit there you go. But uh, no, you really do deserve an award today. I was actually in a fantastic mood when I woke up this morning. I came into the building and I got a little like terrified of the rundown because it was all pretty negative and sure enough a couple of bad things ended up happening during this program and i'm not easy to deal with when that happens and uh dude you've done your, you've done your best matthew fantone impression all day and uh and have helped me stay on track buddy and for that you deserve an award well, you do I, I will i will fully accept the award and um i guess when uh when that award comes, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll take a picture of it. I'll put it on my Facebook, dude. We'll do it. We'll do I would it. love to say I, I promise to bring you an award tomorrow, nah, but I, I, I forget right. to give away concert tickets every five. <laughs> it's, it's all right, dude. I'll take those Breaking Benjamin tickets. So uh, I feel I uh, I have felt bad for you this morning. Push I, through I, it, dude. I, I know there have been times where they, even during the commercial break, I tried talking to him and he just wouldn't say anything. Nope. He was like, "No, nope, man, I'm not engaging in you, nope. dude. Who knows what's going to set this next thing off? I'm not doing and it." Sometimes that's the way life goes, dude. That's relationships for you. I mean, it happens in your personal relationship. You do that a lot, though, even in the morning, though. Like, before we start the show, like, I'll talk to you, and you're just like, mm-hmm. like, you don't say much. And um, so sometimes I'm like, well, is he mad at me? Like, no, I don't know. Not, not like, you're hard to read first thing in the morning. Sometimes it's I'll save stuff because I'm like, well, I don't want to blow the conversation. Because we're going to have this conversation. Right, right. because we're going to have this further down the road. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know where your victory is here. Like, do you want me to agree with you, or do you want me to not dis- or to disagree with you? I just say something. Um, well, you know, and then sometimes it's just like, well, dude, you know, you have your process and it's not necessarily my process and it's like well dude let you do you and let you kind of vent out the way that you want well, to that's and, very hip hop of and, you and, and hopefully hopefully it all turns out okay though so uh, we made it we're here i uh there's something i'm as a guy who's very critical of like all new tv and movies and stuff and to talk about how like i'm i can't get geared up for stuff there is a movie coming out that i want to see it's called battle of the sexes which is about billy jean king and bobby riggs who right. uh who faced off in like uh, what the early 70s in tennis yeah and Emma Stone is, is in this, and so is Steve Carell. Both, I dude, I, I would watch Emma Stone do anything. As a matter of fact, like I watched The Help. Like that's how much I like. I, I like looking at Emma Stone. So like, uh, I mean, I know they. 
Um, she's in that, and so is Steve Carell. I'm very interested to see that because that was an interesting thing, and I'm surprised it does not happen more these days. Yeah, I'm surprised that that's not a movie that's already been made. It feels like it was so long they ago. They may have and a pretty, a pretty, you know, important, you know, day, an important moment, an important yeah. part of of equality when it came to things, you know, that 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 had to do with sex. So I'm surprised at least there hasn't been like a thirty for thirty or something. But no, that movie looks well worth checking. I out. wonder if there was a thirty for thirty on that. I'll not that I've seen. No. I've seen. I mean, I'd be uh, I'd be interested to to see that as well because that is a big moment. Something um, that you might not be too interested about, but I just took a Twitter message about, and somebody really wanted to know um, yesterday. I can't remember how we got on the conversation. Oh, because the mad pooper, the the woman that was jogging around pooping, crapping. Yeah. Maybe there should be some sort of a competition there between me and that woman because yesterday I had mentioned. I'm a mad pooper myself. You are a mad pooper. I crap all the time. So how many times have you gone to the bathroom today? Four today. And it's nine, it's a quarter to ten. Once when I woke up at home and three times today at the at the office so far. And what is making, what morning. is going on with you? I mean, dude, here's, and here's what I ate yesterday because I even thought, I was like, well, remember what you eat because that's going to be a part of the conversation. For lunch, I had like a ham sandwich, some string cheese, some chips, you know, nothing Nothing, nothing crazy. crazy. And then for dinner, it was chicken on the grill, baked beans, and asparagus. So it's not like it was like, dude... You just blew it out at a buffet right there, and that's why you're crapping all the time. But me and that woman, that might be the new, that might be the new man versus woman. Me and her jogging around, crapping everywhere. Okay. <laughs> we'll make, making a movie about it. Coming up next. Do I have to go? No, I, uh, okay. no you don't have to be all right, there. All right. Um, uh, dude, just on a side note, yeah. ba- dude, baked beans are gross. Well, I mean. <laughs> don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. What can I, 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 know the, I know the dog's cute in the commercial, and he's going to sell you yeah. the recipe and all that. But right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did, I, I, I'm not into those. I did watch an awesome video just now of apparently at the Giants game the other night. Like a fan got sick. Like he had drank so much, he threw up on the dude in front of him, and the guy in front of him puke all over the jersey. Turns around and pummels the guy, dude. Of course. And that's exact. You get exactly what you deserve at that point, dude. You throw up on a stranger. I think, dude, a punch is probably headed your way. I remember on my twenty-first birthday, we were out in Kent, and I puked on this girl, and I felt awful about it because I was just sitting there, and I did one of those Grecian urn shots, which had like curdled milk in it because everybody everybody was being terrible to me and making me do all these terrible shots and I remember I was sitting there at a table and I think it was at Ray's and I was sitting there and this girl that I worked with but I kind of knew her kind of didn't she was sitting there too and I'm like uh, just puked right on this girl she had to go home I did not Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You throw up on somebody else? And- I didn't get puke on myself. Like, it was a little bit, but it was my 21st birthday. I really didn't care where, like, this girl got vomit just, like, all over Yeah, her. I'm just saying, I think maybe the bar should have removed <laughs> It's Ken, dude. Nobody cares. Nobody does care. You're absolutely right. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See ya. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9.